Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 25th of June, 2015. You know what that means, eh, Dave? What's that? Six months till Christmas. Oh. Christmas was just six months ago. I know it feels just like yesterday, but it's actually six whole months ago. That means it's only six months to go, which means it's time to give the uh, starting gun warning. If you got an e-com site and you're worrying about Christmas, Dave, what do they got to do? Get started. Yeah, talk talk to an SEO, talk to your web designer, talk to your e-com expert, talk to app makers, talk to somebody who can help you market the stuff that you want to be marketing from, like, you know, late October into December, because now's the time to start thinking about it. I prefer not to get calls in late October about it. (laughs) (laughs) Unless all you want to talk is paid search, you know, okay. Still doesn't give us a lot of time for testing, but... (laughs) <laughs> you know, at least it's a reasonable request. I'm sure you get them too. You get those calls in in September, October, and it's like I want to rank by Christmas. Really? Yep. All right. Uh, that's you awesome. mean so Christmas you mean... of next year, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You saw exactly where I was going with that. Oh, sorry. Oh, dude, so sorry. I didn't mean to steal the joke. <laughs> oh no. Hey, that's why we get along so well. Yeah. Um, it's been a wild week. It's been a lot of interesting stuff happening in search, and a lot of stuff that been happening in Canada. And Dave, if you'll indulge me for a couple minutes, um, something big happened about an hour and a half after we got off the air last week. Listeners might have uh, you know, noticed, if they, especially if they follow me on Facebook, that I've taken a particular interest in opposing a uh, piece of legislation in Canada that I've been calling the Secret Police State Act because, in fact, that's what it is. And about an hour and a half after we got off the air last week, our Governor General signed and gave royal assent to Bill C-51, which uh, fundamentally changes the nature of Canada. And webmasters, there's stuff you got to be aware of now that um, Canada is under a, uh, a new legal regime. Well, I mean, it's an overly broad and uh, very dense bill, so I'll just go forward with a couple short points, and we'll just move move on. But you got to know this stuff. Um, Canadians should know that many of the provisions of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms have been effectively suspended. An unprecedented invasion of privacy for all Canadians, with numerous government agencies, including Canada Revenue Agency, Health Canada, Transport Canada, Department of Fisheries and Oceans. Canada Border Services and various policing agencies being given the allo- given the allowance to gather, share, and compile information about Canadians. This information can come from digital and telecommunication sources and can be accessed without warrant. <laughs> Look at my Facebook profile. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Canadians can now also be investigated without warrant and detained for seven days without charge. If you want to know more about your rights, consult with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association the Canadian Bar Association, any member of Parliament from the New Democratic Party, um, members of First Nations across Canada, because I'm going to tell you all of these people are 
really concerned about uh, C51. Um, most, all, uh, you, you universally oppose it. Now, webmasters around the world, you need to be advised that you can now be held criminally responsible for actions people might take because of content found on websites you're responsible for. If the words or images on your website incite violence or are considered supportive of a terrorist organization, you will be investigated and you can be jailed for up to five years. You might also find your name on Canada's new no-fly list. C-51 is a host of badly written and overly broad measures enshrined in an omnibus bill that grievously erodes rights and freedoms for Canadians and for persons uh, involved in some way with Canada. So be aware and make no mistake about it. Canada is not the democratic state it used to be, like, last week at this time. As of last Thursday, Canada literally became a secret police state. And again, webmasters who... This is an international medium. Your signals will travel across into Canada. Type Bill C-51 into a uh, search window. Look it up. Find out your responsibilities and obligations under this act in relation to Canada. And be aware, the Canadian state is watching and sharing your information with the security services, uh, with a friendly security service near you. Um, also, if you want to hear more about that, um, I was interviewed uh, last week on Cyberlaw and Business Report about C51. And you can go to stopc51.ca to find out more information. Uh, thanks, Dave. I just wanted to get that out there. Nope, fair enough. Um, yeah, and, and you know what? It just, I, mean, I know we won't drone on it too long, but uh, as, a, as a fellow Canadian, um, one of the things that concerns me on this one, and, and should concern where it actually overreaches, and, and it's a good warning, you know, hosting companies, webmasters, and the such. These signals do, do cross, you know, country lines, of course. Um, and one of the concerns is um, things like um, there's environmental organizations here in Canada mm-hmm. that have been deemed... Um, you know, terrorist activities for speaking out against some of our pipelines and stuff like that. So yes. oh, um, it's, it's a little too You can be deemed doing a terrorist activity for speaking out against Canadian oil pipelines. Really? Go on, Dave. Sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> um, and we should... Uh, Hey, we, we, I guess we should probably move on to uh, to more tech. Well, more tech news because I guess that that does a tech uh, sort of angle to it and, and is important, especially for for you know those of us with signals that do cross. Let's call it people, um, you know, borders and uh, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, apologies for bringing that to the air. We, I really, honestly, try not to bring politics into the show, but this is a fundamental change in our country, um, in Canada. Um, and if you don't know, you could fall into a really bad spider web you don't want to fall into. Indeed. Okay, so some neat, some said, let's go to a high note now, yay. There was a good article in Search Engine Land about, uh, about Matt Cutts. Everyone's been on Matt Watch, huh? Yep, I was just and, talking uh, about it yesterday. I'm sorry? I was just talking about it yesterday, so it was, uh, it was quite timely for this. Well, apparently Matt is extending his leave through the end of 2015. Um, he has been replaced as head of web spam by a, um, well, an unnamed person. Um, I guess Google felt that Matt was becoming a lightning rod for, uh, for people complaining about web spam and uh, about, about their rankings. So he's been shifted out of that. He's on the bench, I guess. But I saw yeah. him. I saw him yesterday appearing with Leo Laparte, Laparte and Jeff Jarvis on Twit TV. 
about an hour. They talked for about an hour and a half. It was an amazing broadcast. Yeah, I did not get uh, get the opportunity to watch it yet. Um, it is on my you know to watch probably over the weekend or you know I'm going up to Whistler next week. I'll still be doing the radio show by the way, um, <laughs> but uh, you know something to to maybe watch um, while while we're driving. I I'm not the uh, driver by the way. Okay, let's see. You've got a good car right on. <laughs> so um, so yeah, it's it's definitely something. But but fill us in. Are are there any um, you know you've obviously seen it. Um, are there any uh, takeaways for us other than Matt is uh, you know not coming back for a while and let's be honest not coming back in the same role i, I think we can all conclude <laughs> this this stage in uh, in history um anything else we should take away from it well yeah there was um the the first part of the of the segment they were talking about um an experiment google's been running i guess they've been running it for quite a while this is um this, this is incredible um Google is working on a neural net. They actually released some photographs um, to the web last week showing how, um, well, showing what their neural net thinks of when it sees or when confronted with various images. For instance, it's confronted with an image of a fish and... It somehow puts a whole bunch of different words and concepts, dogfish, for instance, together, and comes out with an image that resembles a dog and a fish. In another, in another image, they were shown, um, the, 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 the computer gets shown a leaf, and it came out with a snail that had a snout like a pig. No idea how that all came together, but, you know, Google's neural net using every bit of input information it has about the image or phrase that it's um, confronted with put together, a, a, you know, made an image out of a compilation of what it knew to be true to the image or phrase that it was, you know, it, it was uh, trying to suss out. You know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. When, when we're looking at it from what you're describing here, um, and something, you know, for, for us to all think about, um, what an interesting way for them to grasp um, how far along they are in, in the process of having a computer that understands language the same way we do. The closer and closer the image matches, like their interpretation of the image actually matches um, the image that's being presented to it. Well, indeed. Uh, the, what the Google's making is an electronic brain. Like, that's... And, and I mean, you, Dave, I cannot think of how complex your brain is. I can't do it. It's... um. Beyond my scope of reason, how complex any human's brain is. Right. Google's building one. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and to, to be fair, right now, from, from what you're describing, it's at about the understanding level of a two-year-old. <laughs> Nevertheless. <laughs> Nevertheless, here we are. Um, and, and we're definitely well, well, well on our way. Um, yeah, this is like this is like the uh, nightmares that Kurt Swider has that he doesn't even tell his psychiatrist about. <laughs> um, that's where we are now, I think. What I find interesting on because uh, we're talking about artificial intelligence here, what I find interesting is Google's clearly pursuing it. Um, yeah. You know, in in their own bend, um, other scientists are uh, are chasing after it, and at the same time, we've got people like Stephen Hawking going, "This is a horrible idea," and yet here we all are. <laughs> you know, chasing after this 
um, chasing after artificial intelligence, knowing full well that we have no idea what happens after. It's interesting you should mention Stephen Hawking. A couple of years ago, Stephen Hawking was at a uh, 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 Google Zittergeist conference in uh, uh, Heffordshire, England. Mm -hmm. This is back in like 2011. And Hawking uh, declared that philosophy is dead at this... um, at this conference, his uh, what he's saying is that you know um, molecular physics, um, quantum physics, um, the study of huge things through the through the um, Haldron Collider, it's moved so far ahead of where philosophers were and and the goals philosophers have um, that in a search for truth and meaning, science is far ahead of philosophy. Well, and interesting because you mentioned the Hadron Collider, which, of course, I mean, heck, there's a lot of philosophical discussions you could bring out about some of the findings on the quantum physics level. I mean, we won't get into a quantum physics discussion here, obviously, but, uh, you know, I, I like reading up on it. I'm sure you do, too, because um, we're, we're nerds. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there that's just, you know, a, a particle, you know, changes only after it's been viewed, but it changes after it's been viewed, right? Like the, what it did changes based on something that happens in the future. So the future is predicting or affecting the past, right? Like just weird stuff like that that – I mean that, that in and of itself has huge philosophical uh, <laughs> you know, sort of yeah. ramifications built into it that, okay, the, the present is actually impacting the past. Um, that's, a, that's a unique thing of, of some quantum physics levels. But anyway, we won't get into that. But um, this is going to be interesting and, and who knows, maybe, uh, maybe once Google gets uh, another decade into the future, they can sort of help us sort some of these things out. Or maybe they can just decide that we all should just spend less time on the internet and just shut the whole thing down temporarily <laughs> for a few hours well, a day. Who knows what they'll come up with but, uh, it, once uh, the AI gets uh, more advanced than the operators. There's, uh, I remember the writings from a, from a Mr. Uh, Vroom Fondel and Majikthes. Mm-hmm. They were like the representatives from the uh, Amalgamated Union of Philosophers, Sages, Luminaries, and other professional thinking persons. Um, they were confronting deep thought. Oh, <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Memory. Uh, they were confronting deep thought about answering the ultimate question of uh, like, you know, life, the universe, and everything. And uh, that's what this reminds me of. You know, we have like a electronic brain, or we will in 10 years. We won't need to shut down the internet because there won't be an internet because, you know, Google's brain will just be informing the uh, little uh, biometric devices we have flowing through our bloodstreams. Yeah. Like mitochondrian big time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, on that, it's uh, just past quarter after the hour on the 25th of June, 2015. Six coding months till Christmas, friends. This is uh, Jim Hedger on from Digital Always Media on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm, and we're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. 
The Hoff also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoff offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoff.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Culture and WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 25th of June, 2015. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media, Dave Davis from Binstock, Binstock Internet Marketing. <laughs> My tongue is like the Grinch's heart, three sizes too large today. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's annoying as heck. Almost as annoying as when you have to do one of those Yahoo updates. <laughs> oh, ah, blew it. Boink. Okay, when you have to do one of those Java updates, like if you're a Windows user, or especially if you're like a Windows user who uses Firefox, you well, got to do a Java the, update but the, but like the, all the time, right? Yep. One of the problems with running these updates is the pieces of bundle software that come with it, because you know you got to remember to click that little box, or you've got McAfee security riding you forever. Or in this case, in a new case, Yahoo has recently joined the Bundle Being In Club with Java, and. Um, well, folks, when you, if you love Yahoo, you'll love this. <laughs> and if you don't, you might be annoyed. So they're bundling. They're, uh, Yahoo is trying, when you, when you do a Java update, you've got to check a little button, or you're going to be getting a uh, pretty major Yahoo update. What do you think about this, Dave? Oh, I just think this is a horrible, horrible idea. Um, you know, we, you and I remember, we used to, going back a few years here, Yahoo would do something, and we'd all chuckle. you just start yeah. with... And, as, and Yahoo's in the news, and we'd kind of chuckle and then talk <laughs> about, you know, losses of market share or, or this or that. Um, then Marissa took over. We started to treat it a little better, you know. Sometimes a, a few things actually started to go well, and, and we were optimistic about what might come out of Yahoo. Now, they, they came up with that deal, and, and here's why I think this is a horrible, horrible idea on their part. They, they created the deal with Mozilla, and Firefox, you know, defaulted. You know, you search in the address bar. I know that's that's how I do. Um, you know, it's by default. You'd search there, and, and it would default to Yahoo search results. Here's what I found. <clears throat> um, the results suck. <laughs> so um, it may be in part because I'm conditioned to search 
in in a googly way. You know, you I'm sure you most of our listeners too. You know, when's the last time you used a one or two keyword phrase unless you were checking rankings on something, right? Like normally we're punching in. Yeah, you, know, you know exactly what you want. You're using negatives. You're using like <laughs> quotes, this and that, and the other thing. But try running searches. It went horribly for me personally, and and I didn't see a lot of like, hey, this is awesome. They spiked up. They they lost some. Well, they're pushing here now, and and so this is going to be the second big volley of moving people over to Yahoo. I haven't seen any improvement since then, and I actually just accidentally searched Yahoo on my phone because I launched Firefox and searched in the address bar again without switching it over to Google again. Um, and oops, forgot to do it on an update. Um, and then <laughs> and then did the search. Yep, the results still sucked. So now here we have. Now they're going to push it out again, and. and Here's what I'm thinking. I mean, you got Marissa Meyer. The, the, the woman knows her share about, about search, right? She knows a, a little something about how to produce a, a decent search result. Heck, if you don't, go over, use Google. Right? <laughs> Just see what happens when you use that. Make that better. And, and now you've got a good search engine. Once you make that but a little bit better, um, then you do moves like this. I think this is a horrible move on their part. They they haven't improved. Their search engine isn't better than Google. And until they can provide a better search experience, don't push it in front of people. To me, this is a lot like a, a cell phone provider spending thousands of dollars putting up a great big ad. And then you walk into their store and they only have the iPhone 3G. Right? Like, <laughs> don't put me back in time on a really expensive advertising push, um, which, you know, you got to know there's, there's some, you know, this, there's some cost involved here. I think it's a horrible idea. Now, this is in, 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 in no way trying to defend uh, Yahoo's decisions at all, but you got to, I mean, Marissa Mayer is confined by uh, patents and by agreements made by her predecessors with, with, with Microsoft. Oh, yeah. And we know that she's trying to push the Microsoft deal over the table somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, whether she'll be successful or not, I, I don't know. But you know, the rumor is she really wants out of the Microsoft deal and is again trying to stretch it to the limit to get Microsoft to break the deal. What I think, what I think Yahoo needs to do if they if they want to stay in the search business, not sure why they'd want to, but if they want to stay in the search business, they need to do what Microsoft did and go back to kernel one and make a new search engine. Because yeah. what they, what they have now, there's again they're stuck with this legacy that isn't. Um, I mean, it was a fine search engine for its time, and then it got then it, they've spent like five years involved with uh, with Bing now, five years something like that, three years maybe. One of the things that happens when you get into a deal like they are with um with with Bing is you don't need the same development team you had before. You don't need that expertise, and so what you need more is to save money and return value to shareholders. So you either lay these people off or you reassign them to somewhere that where they'll be more productive. And they, you know, those skills lose their edge over time. Oh, definitely. Maybe, maybe the uh, the programmers just aren't reading the same material they would have been reading had they stayed working on the core search product. Yeah, who's got a big hill to climb? But the sooner they the sooner they start. If they wish to stay in search, the sooner they start, the better. Well, exactly. Exactly. I, I just, I, I think this is just an accident waiting to happen. I guess, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, as is pointed out in a, in, a, in a couple publications, chalking about it is all they need to do is grab a, a fraction 
the users, and it works out as a win for them. To me, though, you, you need to save this till you have a better offering. You just need to. You might sell a few of those 3Gs to people who want a free phone and a discounted monthly rate, but you, you, know, you, you need to put your best foot forward. I think it's a bad idea. They should have, you know, you got this deal coming, great, save it. <laughs> save it till you have something better. We've all done that in marketing. I'm sure you have. Most of my clients have at some point. I certainly have. You got a great thing and you go, I need to put this on hold and I'll launch it when it makes sense. You know, don't launch a great big, you know, we got a great promotion to, to run or a great advertising campaign. That's awesome. You can't take on clients right now, right? Or whatever. So don't do it right now <laughs> for whatever reason. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Obviously, we'll be following it and following their market share. And, you know, I, I guess I hope for their sake that I'm wrong. I, I really do. But I'm guessing we're going to see a spike and then a bail. Is, is well, I mean, also, another thing that, that, that really should be mentioned that from the beginning of this story, remember how you're getting the, the Yahoo product on your computer. So just just like you, Dave, where, where you know, you're doing the search from your address bar and, uh, you know, you expect one set of results and then, boom, you're totally into this whole different result set universe and you're not happy about it. Right. Now you've well, got to I- do so – now you got to do two-click action to get out of this problem. Well, and it's annoying. And I know uh, Dan Thies, you know, your friend and mine, mm-hmm. um, I saw him post about it going, great, Yahoo's now crapware. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what's just happened here. Um, so, yeah, there you are. But uh, I guess time will tell. But uh, and, and again, I hope I'm wrong, I guess, because I like having another contender in there. But I, I don't think I am. And uh, I, don't, I don't think this is a good idea at all. Well, um, you know, another thing to look at, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I... I hate to be the voice of the obvious on this one, but we are approaching the end of a quarter, and it's got to get those numbers up. <laughs> got to get them numbers up. Shareholders to report to, right? Yahoo has done this for years. Yeah. You remember the parked park domain pages they used to roll out towards the end of every quarter? Just to get the uh, impressions up. Yeah, to get those ad impressions up. Exactly. Same thing. And if only there was a governing body to look at them and go, hey, that's really like not cool and stupid and you really should stop doing that. And well, actually the, even the EU antitrust group probably wouldn't care because it's Yahoo, (laughs) (laughs) but they do care about Google. This is one that you pointed out to me, Dave, who was in the guardian.com today. And this has been like going on forever. This is, um, what's, what's, this is like a soap opera. Like you, did you know I, when I was when I had mononucleosis when I was in high school? I ended up watching um, one of those soap operas. I think it was like Days of Our Lives or All My Children or something. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you five bucks I could go back and watch it and pick up the storyline like that. And this was like thirty years ago. Well, same sort of thing is happening with the EU antitrust folks at Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been going on since like two thousand and nine. So not quite several decades, but this is internet years, so same def, right? Yep. <laughs> there's so many layers to the story, you never know where to begin. So we'll start at, we'll start at the, the lowest layer, the, the most recent one. Uh, Google, or the EU antitrust group is kind of mad at Google because Google has used its heft to push its shopping products in Europe over other shopping search engines or over other e-com sites. They gave Google... Um, 10, 11, maybe 12 weeks, maybe 13 weeks ago. I mean, really, no one's keeping score. They gave Google 10 weeks to uh, comply with 
their ruling that Google's not allowed to use its massive heft. And actually, the way their search engine works is people tend to link back to those products, the, the Google product sites, um, to overpower other shopping search sites or other e-com or brand websites. Google's not really complying, and the EU isn't really doing anything about it except, like, you know, gnashing its teeth and writing stern letters. What, what's going on here, Dave? Well, you know what, I, I think this does being a, a bit of a case, and, and I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, and I, I'm sure I saw it on, on some sitcom or something in the in the <laughs> 90s, but in sort of jab at the British police force only carrying the batons, right? And the like, stop, or I'll say stop again, right? Like, you know, to, to the bad guy who, who has a gun. Of course, the British police actually carry guns. But, um, you know, it, it is a lot of that where they're, they're coming out going, you've got 10 weeks. <clears throat> yeah, or? <laughs> Or what? Ninety percent of your citizens are using our search engine, so we've got ten weeks, nine weeks, or, um, or you know, what? sort of what? Um, what are you going to do? You're going to block Google, right? Like, okay, how's that going to go for you? Enjoy Yahoo. Hey, it comes with Java. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but uh, one of the things, and, and you know, I mean, there there are some legitimate points that that they have to make. The fact is, um, you you brought up one of the key points here is people are tending to link to it in the shopping. It's it's Google wins because Google wins, right? It, it's they they don't actually have to be evil to win anymore they just are the biggest person at the playground right so when they say hey i, I want to play in the sandbox it, it's now their sandbox because they take up all the room right <laughs> so um you know you, you do hit that spot where yeah they've got all these links coming in it's just algorithmic they win because they're huge um one of the things that's that's in the story over at the guardian um that, that talks about it and, and really hits the nail on the head as to why i i I have some real problems. Not like I'm glad that you use, you know, everybody should keep corporations in check. But um, one of the things from that, um, they're talking about Google being dominant and goes, but dominance and consolidation of data sets are not what competition laws care about. Okay, so what matters for competition is increasingly affects whether business practices lead to the foreclosure or flight from the market of equally efficient competitors. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Therein lies the rub, huh? Yeah, and I, I think that's where Google kind of has a, a pretty decent, like, yes, you could say there's there's some decent, whatever, map apps out there or some decent, you know, whatever. Each individual thing Google does, yeah, I'm sure there's some smaller thing that, that's doing it, but we can all say that for everything, right? Like, yes, this is a, you know, Gillette makes a great razor. Yes, but there's some razor company you'll never hear about that probably does a decent job too, but they'll be driven out of business because Gillette owns it. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's the company of Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> well, and that's, I, that's really where, where we're hitting here. So, um, you know, I, I, I have some, some sort of, of course I have some issues with, with some of Google's practices. Of course I do. They're a corporation. They have to look out for themselves, but do I think that they have, you know, some, some evilness in mind when it comes to some of the areas the EU's hitting. I think in a lot of it, they don't really have a leg to stand on. Now, we can all sort of debate they shouldn't be strong because they're strong. And as Google, here's, I think, where the EU gets the rub and kind of a, well, they're kind of right, but what do you do? Um, is as Google launches into more and more industries, 
Right, and I mean, heck, you can say they're becoming a power company with some other news that, that came out about them turning a, an Alabama, Alabama, Bama mine into a data center powered by you know renewable energy. So now they're producing mm-hmm. energy, right? Like, okay, so you can, you can go that route. But as they start advancing into more and more things, because they're a superpower of of you know huge proportions on the web, each time they add something, it naturally gets a lot of links, a lot of power. It's part of Google, so it has that bonus going for it. So they can just win. By the the their own algorithm without giving themselves any favoritism because they're huge, um, so you know they they do have that sort of where the EU can sort of go yeah but now you're reaching into other things and you can only take those because you're huge but how do you stop a company from from ad- advancing themselves you can't just go no you're a search engine that's all you're li- you're allowed to be you know you got they're they're reaching out into different areas they're doing a pretty good job. At, at most of them, not all of them, but most of them, we won't talk about authorship or Google Plus. But you we know, might as want to talk about Facebook. You, <laughs> but, but go on, go on. But and I mean, how how do you stop them in in these cases? So well, uh, should you stop them? I mean, think think about this, Dave. Like you mentioned, you mentioned uh, uh, with the the uh, mine that they've put a data center in. They're they're creating renewable energy, some of which they're selling back to the. And, and and Google's been doing this uh, for for a number of years. I remember when they, they opened um, the da- the data center in Bend, Oregon. They recommissioned a shutdown dam, you know, to, to produce hydroelectric energy. Yeah. Um, again, a, a renewable energy source. Think of the driverless cars, the uh, uh, advancements in well, Google's neural net, and how many medical advancements that'll be made be- when they when they get this together. Um, there's so much that Google is doing that is beneficial for humankind. And, I mean, as you say, there's a lot that they do that is really, if not skirting the edge of dangerous, outright dangerous. Um, the massive loss of privacy, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, the use of big data to optimize their systems has completely compromised the idea of personal um, or, or uh, family you know, personal or family privacy. You really want to stop the company that may well have the cure for cancer in its algorithm somewhere? And if they don't, they're working on it? Well, it's something I, I think would be interesting if, if Google did. I mean, this all started eight years ago when the EU came in. And so, okay, that, that was their starting point where they thought that Google's algorithm was, was causing unfair competition and, and those sorts of things. You know, it's eight years. The algorithm is a totally different thing. I don't know if if uh, if I was Google, I might be tempted to go. All right, we can't give you our algorithm, but we can give you our eight-year algorithm. That time that you said we were doing stuff, there, here it is. <laughs> you know, put your scientists to it. You Break. figure it out. You figure it out. That'll keep them busy for a few years, right? <laughs> so now the Google's algorithms changed even more and go. If you can't prove us, then when you said we were. You know, we can't give you today's, but you know what? Once you've figured out that algorithm in three years, you know, we'll give you the one from, you know, three years after that, right? Let's <laughs> just keep them a decade back. You know, just sort of go, okay, if, if you can't, we can't give you today's, but we can give you then's. You keep saying we're, we're doing the wrong thing. You know, if you can't find it, you can't find it in there. And, and if you can't find it at a point in time when you said you could, you know, you, you have to assume we're innocent. So I think it's something like family. Bush mailed something like that. Oh, now, you know what? I, uh, since since we're talking EU, I, I got to go here. I, I got to go here. You know I'm going to attack Getty. <laughs> Getty has got this stick up their butt. What, 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 what is this one about? So Getty Images, 
all of our favorite company, all of all of us on the web. We all sure sure love Getty. So Getty Images is joined in. They pile on with the EU because I guess they they can't get what they want in uh, you know North America. America. So so they're they're chasing over it over there, um, and they've piled on as an interested party. And basically, they're they they've jumped in, going you know the way Google's laying out their their images and and the way you know when when people search for you know stock images, coffee shop I think was their example. You know now they're showing some images at the top, and you know that's that's hurting our business. I mean, a Google has a right to lay out their page however they want. <laughs> like I don't Getty can't have their page images controlled by you know an outside source. Why should Google's? Um, but at the same time, I, I have to think to myself. Now I've used iStock Photo. I'm sure you have. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I I even have, and I, it's currently active. I'm, I'm trying to get out of it, but it's a contract. So when it's it's done, it's done. Um, you know, a, a monthly allotment. And I, I was using it, and I, I let a couple staff use it, and then I got a call from from Getty going, "You can't. Your staff can't use it. Only you can." Um, and I'm like, well, well, what if they're in the commission of something you told them to do? Well, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're they're happy to take more of my money for the for the staff to use it. So I ended up having to get a different service, and I'm just using up my ones from from iStock. Um, but I had to actually post into Twitter. Here, here's the thing, and, and if Getty, if you're if you're listening, here's a tip. Um, it's I'm moving because of your licensing rights, and you charge too much. <laughs> that's that's it. It has nothing to do with Google. Um, if people need stock images, they need stock images. Um, and you're, you know, for those of us that actually, you know, aren't going to steal them. And I know you're in that boat. I'm in that boat. You know, I, I'm not going to go stealing them. Um, so for those of us not stealing them, even if Google shows images, we're still going to go and find a company that can provide images for us. So uh, no, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. It's competition that's killing them. It has nothing to do with, uh, with Google. Indeed. Like, um, Getty, protect your copyrights. Watermark the hell out of your image. Make it impossible to steal, and then police it. Yeah. Put a track. Put a tracking uh, pixel in it. Do something, but don't waste the court and Google's and the public's time. Um, you know, kvetching about a competition that you can't possibly win if you keep on the path you're on. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. What a royal day. It is. It okay. is. And it's also a really good time to take a commercial break, come back with the uh, with the last segment. So it's you know, it's about quarter to the hour on the twenty fifth of June, twenty fifteen. Behalf of Dave Davies at Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around, we got more coming up after the break. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. 
Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com Introducing Rumble the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 25th of June, 2015. It's the beginning of summertime. It's actually really honest to goodness summer. It only got down to 10 degrees last night in Toronto. Excellent, eh? <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen that low in uh, in a while here on the West Coast. So, good for you guys. You know what's funny? The um, Click the Click Z conference is in Toronto today. Uh, it was, it's been actually it's been in, in town all week and ends today. I haven't been down to the conference yet. I'm uh, heading down to hang out with some of the conferenceers directly after the show. It's weird, eh? Like you know, in years previously, a click, a click C or an SES show was in Toronto. I'd have been all over it. And I just can't care this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it is hard. You know, there was this. This might be, and I, I wasn't invited to the to the Click C conference this year. It might be because of a couple of emails I said uh, <laughs> earlier this early or late last year. And had I really cared about being invited to this conference, I might have appreciated the new feature that Google is rolling out: the undo send for email users feature, but I probably wouldn't have used it. <laughs> what do you think about this, though? Eh? Like, didn't they promise this a couple years ago? Yeah, and it's been in labs for a little while. Um, they let you make, uh, make choices, but it's up to 30 seconds. Um, and essentially, you can build in a delay from that point that you hit send to going, oops, <laughs> and, uh, and pulling it back. Um, I don't know whether whether it's a, a great feature that I would use. Um, it, it would depend, you know. And, and I also use, you know, a, a software um, email program anyway. So it, it doesn't much matter whether I would or wouldn't. But um, I, I do know it, it'd be interesting if they left it up there for that split second because I think all of us at some point, um, you know, even if it's not that we've said something we don't want to, you're typing, you're typing, you're typing, and you click send, and you look over, and as you're watching you realize, oh, there's that little red squiggly, I left a typo in it, and it's to a client, and I'm talking about copywriting, right? <laughs> or yeah. something like that, where it's yeah. just like, oh, no. Um, you know, and I misspelled the word, you know, diligent proofreading or something like that. So it's just like, oh, no. You know, so it, I guess it would be helpful from, from that context. I think it's a, it's a fun feature, whether it gets heavily used or not. Um, I'd be interested in what I, I'm going to find kind of fun and I, I don't think we'll ever know. So I guess I won't find it fun, but I would, would be on Google's end. They got to pull some stats on this stuff on what people change, right? Like what, 
what was it you were going to send and then what did you change? Um, and I think, quite honestly, I think that could give them a lot of insight into what common issues arise. Did they completely delete it? Like somebody went, oh, you know what? I, I really shouldn't say that to my ex. Or is it is it more punctuation stuff and finding those common um, human being typos that we put into things? I, I think in a weird way that, that could actually be quite helpful for them on the organic side, on the blogger side and on the social side, actually helping them tie – um, letting people tell them in a weird way um, what what common errors they make in their grammar and spelling, um, and what they end up um, you know fixing about uh, about documents they're publishing. Well, that may or may not happen. I, I don't think they will because uh, recently Google got sued actually for data mining people's email. Um, <laughs> so, and they said they won't do it anymore because no one likes getting sued, right? Um, <laughs> so. That probably won't happen, but I, they are still able to look at header information. Right. You know, anything that's outside of envelope is fair game to anybody, especially, of course, to, uh, to the company that's routing the email. So it kind of has to look at the header information to know where to send stuff, right? right. So it'll also know if you've removed, uh, say, four-letter words from the uh, subject line. Right. Or if you mistakenly CC'd your entire company that... Uh, that racy joke that you shouldn't be that you shouldn't be sending over email in the first place. <laughs> so, here's the thing, though: if you're using Google Mail and you you know you open Gmail right now, you don't yet have Google Undo. You gotta you gotta um, you gotta change your settings. So look for that little gear icon up beside the uh, circle icon that shows your uh, Google Plus profile face. I don't mean to don't mean to overly complicate this, but heaven knows Google has, so I may as well too. Um, so you're looking for the gear, which is like a circly thing beside the other circly thing, which has your picture in it, and that <laughs> that picture comes from Google Plus. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, click on the gear, go to your settings, um, click enable, undo send, and then you can set the amount of time: five, ten, twenty, or thirty seconds. Go for thirty. Um, trust me. And <laughs> then you have Google Undo, and you can, uh, you know, erase that series of four-letter words you uh, may have written um, your ex or your uh, ex-boss or whatever, or your soon-to-be ex-boss. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a cool thing. Like, really, I think it's uh, it's email is just so or was so rush of the moment. I mean, my, my, the very first thing I thought when I saw the story was, wow, people use email still, huh? <laughs> cool. <laughs> but that's, I mean, I use it all the time, but I, I'm not so sure how, how email used to be the instill communication. Right. And now it feels slow. Yeah, because I have to get all the way to, like, log in to my email client. <laughs> you know? yeah, it just it, it's going to take me, like, 30 seconds to get there. Come on. And if you're in the Google universe, you've probably got seven or eight different Gmail profiles all of which have totally screwed up your G plus profile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, uh, we're running out of time here. It's another one. Um, and this is, this is kind of a shorty. What's, uh, so Google is now messing around with, uh, you know, Google's begging Marissa to come back is what it's doing. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> so Google is testing a new URL color in the search results. Yeah, this is a big deal because it's the place. It's a place where search users' eyes are naturally going to travel when they're trying to figure out if they should click one link or another link. Where they place emphasis 
and the type of color they use, if Marissa Mayer were in the house, she would tell you that you got to test all 72 colors within the, within the spectrum of the palette that you're using, or um, you're just not testing hard enough. What do you think about this, Dave? Um, you know what? I, I'm, I'm looking at it, and for, for those who, who can't see it, because I've looked at it myself, and I'm, I'm not getting the difference yet um where for for some when you're logged in and you're logged out you'll you'll see different of course i tested it on i'm not anyway but if you go over to the sem post you can see them um and jen puts them side by side um it's interesting when you see the the new color in a big box um next to the old it seems like it would be lighter um like you know the the way that it's sort of structured it's more a a forest green instead of like a, a raw green but um when you actually see it in there uh, to me, it actually is highlighting the importance. Um, a good, uh, you know, getting your keywords in doesn't have to be in your domain, but in the in the file names or whatnot, because it is popping more on the new layout um, yeah. when they're bolding the keywords in the page names. Um, it is popping to me more, um, and so to me, that's as you called it. Like now, you've attracted the eye. Now you're attracting a potential click in there. Um, I, I think it's actually quite a good move on their part. Like looking at it, it provides a lot of clarity to what I think was a underutilized, like those of us in SEO, we all knew that that's a potential click target, get your keywords in there. So they bold. Um, but I think this really highlights its importance. And if not even to us, it highlights the importance to Google um, that this should be a strong factor um, as far as its prominence on their page. Well, incidentally, and I'm glad you mentioned it, this is keyword-driven. The, uh, wor- the words that are being um, emphasized with uh, you know, bolded text happen to be the keywords used in the, in the search query. Um, not that it's you know, a necessarily wise idea to keyword stuff your URLs. Maybe it's not a bad idea to keyword stuff your URLs. <laughs> getting you know, getting getting in a, a couple isn't isn't going to kill you. The the fact is, like using a proper you know keyword structure though to go into that just makes sense, right? Like mm-hmm. having you know if if your page is about um, you know whatever SEO services, having you know the page name being SEO services makes sense for users for, for everything. Um, one thing that I find this helpful for just on a hey stuff bold. If you're ever curious whether an acronym. Um, is going to work or a plural like how Google is seeing synonyms or acronyms? Just punch mm-hmm. that in. If the you know if you put in SEO, you're going to see search engine optimization bold. All right, you know Google's figured it out. So if you're ever curious, you can you can just dump those in there and see what they're bolding and what they're not on a page um, to get a stronger understanding of what they think of as as synonyms. Well, Google um, actually, you know that that if it didn't take so long to see a search result, like you know three or four hours uh, after putting page up. That would that would be if you could see it instantaneously. That would be interesting to see how Google does deal with acronyms. I mean, you could do that by doing a, a regular search anyway. Semantic. I mean, we 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 got to do a show on semantic search because we got like one minute left in the show now, and I want to start talking about semantic search, and we can't <laughs> because Google's building its own brain, eh? Yeah. Um, they didn't even have to. Well, notice how nobody has seen Larry lately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> well, you mentioned brains are incredibly complex earlier in the show. Maybe they just they just needed to plug it into a human brain to get that neural net. You well, know, you remember that, that Halloween we were sitting in Seattle with Jeremiah Audrek when he was working <laughs> on the uh, live team? And he's like, you know how hard it is to build a human brain, don't you, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> 
Jeremiah, Dr. Frankenstein, it's an either or. Synonyms. Okay, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we want to talk about that we probably won't have time to get to. Dave, you wrote an article that was uh, in the SEM Post today about uh, Facebook moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just jump right in. For for those who uh, who don't know about it, look it up. Basically, Facebook would like you to install an app on your phone to let them scan all your photos and then tag your friends in it. <laughs> the The article over there is just covering um, not just the obvious, as I word it that way, uh, privacy and security uh, issues that I have with that. And I'm, you know, Christine actually pointed it out earlier. You're a good friend of mine. That you know, I don't talk about privacy a whole whack. Um, this one is a is a, a high concern here. I see Christine bouncing off the walls over this, but did, did you know Facebook says it can nail a person, the identity of a person, with eighty percent accuracy, even if their face is obscured. Yeah, and and that's frightening. And and the thing that that's horrible about this one to me is I think it's one thing for Facebook to go, hey, and we can tag you in those photos, right? I mean, I, there's apps to do that already. That's 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 fine. You're going through my phone and finding pictures of me, and I've given you the right to do that. For this to work accurately, they're trying to also tag your friends, so your friends would set up those profiles. So basically now it's scanning my phone for me and anybody else that might have given them the rights um, to scan. So you have to know when you're signing up that every photo that exists of you on the web, you'd be happy to see shared with Facebook. Well, and with the entire world with your name attached to it. And i, I got to say... We started the show with a grim warning to webmasters about uh, Bill C-51 in Canada. We're closing the show with Facebook basically t- telling the entire world what you've been up to through photographs. <laughs> I mean, they're up on the web, and if anybody wants to find them, they'll find them, certainly. But um, in light of the directions that Canada, Australia, France, um, England, and many other Western countries, most notably not the United States, which is now going the other direction, having had this experience for the last, like, 12, 13 years. Facebook, don't help my government persecute me, please. Okay, there's the whole, there's the whole music. I knew it was coming. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Before we go, I want to do a shout-out to the new new-gen uh, new gen broadcasting network network called Cannabis Radio. Darren and Brandy have launched a new radio station over at CannabisRadio.com. Check it out if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, stick around WebmasterRadio.fm. There's amazing stuff coming up after the news, and we're going to be back here next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.